Good morning. Hey, first thing I want you to do, look around you real quick. Find someone good looking. I know the lights were dim, so it's hard to tell. Find someone, when you find someone really good looking, look right at them. Tell them this. Tell them the rest of your life. All right, that was horrible. Uh, look at your second choice real quick. Okay, don't, don't, how about this? Point to yourself. Say the rest of my life. Uh, you sound better when you start talking about yourself. Say, we'll be the best of my life. All right, now you know what we're going to say. One more time, I want you to say it like you. How many believe your life could get better? Let me see your hand. Okay. How many sure hope it gets better? <laughs> Here's the thing. It doesn't matter how good it's going, it can get better. It doesn't matter how bad it's going. The good news is it can get better. I mean, the Bible says in John 10, 10, that Jesus came that you might have life, that you might have and enjoy life, it says in the Amplified, in abundance to the full. How many believe the Bible? Let me start with that. Okay, that's good. A little, about half of you. Wouldn't you hate to find out it wasn't true? That'd be horrible. You ever thought about that? What if God didn't really write all that stuff? Anybody? Anybody? Be honest. You won't go to hell or anything. Let me see your hand if you ever thought that. Okay, there's a few people. I've, I thought that before, and I've been in church my whole life. My dad's a preacher. My grandfather's a preacher. Did God really write all that stuff? I started thinking one day, because if God didn't write the Bible, someone had to have. So I started thinking of people I knew. Right? You want to narrow it down? If it wasn't God, you know, maybe it was Michael Tony. He don't do a lot. <laughs> then I found that scripture there. If you don't work, you don't eat. I'm like, nope, Uncle Tony didn't write this. <laughs> you know, if you just start thinking of people you know, you could narrow it down pretty Maybe my wife wrote it. <laughs> Submit to your, nope, it wasn't her. Uh, be honest, how many of you wrote the Bible? How many can think of like three things you would not have put in there? <laughs> right? Like eight commandments. <laughs> Tithing would have been lower. <laughs> Let's go with 5%. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. No human being could have ever wrote a standard that high. So if God said it, I'm just crazy enough to believe it. And he said, I've come that you might have and enjoy Life. Now, I'm going to get you to say this as much as I can because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. See, if you hear your whole life, you're dumb. You'll never make anything of yourself. You start believing that kind of stuff. But if you keep hearing the rest of your life will be the best of your life. One more time, like you really believe it, say the rest of my life, life. will be the best of my life. Yeah, I think life is a gift. I don't know about you, but I like, I like getting gifts and uh, uh, giving gifts, unwrapping gifts. Who are the people that just tear the paper off? You don't care. Let me see your hand. All right. Who are the careful people? Take it off real slow because you can reuse it, right? If you're good, you know. I kind of look at life like God gave us this gift called life, every one of us. And I love it because he picked the gift out just for you. That's why none of us are alike. I mean, I can't be you and you can't be me. Uh, the other day someone said, Dave, you and me, man, we are just alike. I said, you know, if you and me are just alike, one of us is unnecessary. I'm going with you. No, none of us are, none of us are alike. I mean, I, I, I can't be, I can't be Pastor Ryan. How many, how many thankful for your pastors? How many thankful for Man, what, what awesome, but I'm not as handsome as him. I'm not, I'm not as cool as him. My jeans aren't as tight as his. I mean, I'm not, I can't be him. I got to be me. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't be T.D. Jakes or I can't be Joel Osteen. Amen. <laughs> Every day is Friday. You know, it's, 
The other, the other day, someone introduced me. Someone said, what's Dave Martin like? Someone said, he's kind of a mixture between Joel Osteen and Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> what in the world? Is that? Just hold your Bible up and say, get her done. You know? <laughs> All I'm saying is you got to be you. You got to unwrap your gift and, and enjoy this gift called life. You know, I think life gets better when you put God first place. I just, I just think you know, the scripture even says that when you're planted in the house of the Lord, that your life will flourish. You know, that's kind of what you're doing today is you're planting yourself in God's house. When you, when you show up to church, when you just got in those doors, now you can leave today and say, thank you, Lord, that I'm going to flourish this week. My, my business is going to flourish. My relationships are going to flourish. Ideas and creativity are going to flourish. God, I'm keeping you first place. And you, you know, there's times when you won't feel like coming to church and and, and sometimes, you know, things happen. And, but there's just something about getting together with other believers, other people that just are, are full of faith. And then when you go to a church like Generations, how many love your church? Yeah. Man. And you see what God's doing and the excitement of what, and what's coming. And I mean, just just amazing. I mean, you get around people like that, faith is kind of contagious. And you get around other people that are full of faith. You know, it's like catching a cold. You know, colds can be contagious. You can catch a cold from somebody. But, I mean, you come around here and you might catch some faith. You might catch a healing. might catch some favor. Who, who knows what? I mean, that person on the left or the right of you may be contagious. Yeah. With something good, I'm saying, not something bad. I mean, you might want to be nicer to them. They're full of life and full of God. And, I mean, God just get planted in God's house. The Bible says when you plant yourself in the house of God, and how do you do that? I, I wrote a little book. Now, I found like seven ways, seven things you could do to plant yourself in God's house. And, uh, and this is only if you want your life to flourish. And I think all of us probably want our life to flourish. Like show up, you're already on your way. Um, uh, find a place to serve. Find a place you can get involved and help around here. That, pray for your pastors. That, I mean, that's also, I mean, some of these are real easy. Be faithful and generous in your giving. All those things help us to get planted. And for, for those of you that really love your church, I wrote this little book. It's not, it's not a long book to, to read, but it's, a, it's just a gift I wanted to give you because I, I find that uh, if people, I want to see people flourish. That's kind of what my life's all about is helping people flourish. And I found there's some simple things you can do to plant yourself in God's house. So I wrote this book called Planted. There, there you can see it right there on the screen. And if you want a copy of it, if you just text that word planted to 25827, pretty simple. Just take your phone, text 25827, the word planted, and I'm going to send you the book for free. Uh, I'm not charging you for it. It's my gift to you. Um, someone asked, said, why are you giving it to us for free? Well, the main reason is because I was afraid you wouldn't buy it. And, uh, and I want you to get it because I believe it'll help you if you'll read it. And so you can do it now. You can take a picture of it, do it later, write it down, whatever. But it's just my gift. I hope you'll grab it and, uh, and it'll be a, uh, a blessing to you. But, um, you know, pastor's been talking about that we're better together. And we can do more if we get together. Uh, Mother Teresa said, you can do what I can't do, and I can do what you can't do, but together we can do some great things. And when we get planted in God's house and we start to work together and serve together, it's amazing. Because how many want to see more people give their heart to God, more relationships restored? And, and, uh, and we do that when we, when we get together and work together and we get planted in, in God's house. And so uh, I, I encourage you to do that. Again, what a, let me say what an honor it is to be with you guys at Generations this weekend, and uh, I love to just, uh, I love to encourage people. That's kind of what I do. My wife, she does the same thing. I think they got a picture of my wife and my son. They're not with me this weekend. That's, that's them. My wife's the one on the right. 
And, uh, and uh, talking, about, talking about gifts, we had our anniversary. She goes, honey, she goes, I had a dream last night that you were going to give me a diamond necklace for our anniversary. She said, what do you think that means? <laughs> I said, you know what? When you open your presents, you're going to find out what it means. <laughs> she was all excited about it. I gave her a gift. She ripped the paper off of that thing. I'd, I'd bought her a book on the meaning of dreams. I hope that helped her figure out. I had no clue what it meant. But anyway, um, she's uh, this weekend. She just got finished speaking in North Carolina. And so she travels and speaks. And then my little boy, his name is Solomon. And uh, Solomon just turned 11 years old. And he is a a champion. Well, just a a great kid, a fun kid, a miracle. We tried for nine years to even have kids. And uh, and that's what God gave us. And and he's just a, a great gift. And and then even after she got pregnant, it was just still a miracle. She shares the whole testimony in one of her books and, and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, we thought we, we didn't think she'd be able to carry him full term, end up having had him C-section, but I mean, you can't tell from the picture. But uh, um, <laughs> that's the way he came. I said, the only way you can tell is whenever he leaves the house, he goes through the window. <laughs> but other than that, other than that, he's perfectly normal. But uh, anyway, he's a, he's, he's a great kid. That's, that's Solomon. But uh, I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning. Uh, there was, a, there was a, a quote I read. I was reading the story of Sir Edmund Hillary. Anybody ever heard of Sir Edmund Hillary? Anybody? A couple of people. Sir Edmund Hillary is the first man to ever climb Mount, to, to summit Mount Everest, to make it to the top of Mount Everest. Pretty impressive. And I remember hearing the story, I'm like, that's pretty impressive, made it to the top of Mount Everest. And I never really thought, you know, did he just make it the first time? I never thought of how many times he tried before he got to the top. I just knew he was the one that made it. And I started reading about the story, and I found he had several attempts uh, before he made it the first time. How many have ever tried something and it didn't work out the first time? Yeah. Uh, it could be anything. It could be a business. It could be a job. It could be a relationship. I mean, uh, I was on the elevator at the hotel, and this lady last night, she goes, you know, you look just like my third husband. It's like, wow. It's like, how many times have you been married? She said twice. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I don't know. I don't know how many. You know, you may have tried something before, and and uh, and and so as I was studying this, this uh, reading this story about Sir Edmund Hillary, I found that Sir Edmund Hillary made a statement, and and he had tried several times before he got to the top of Mount Everest. Like I said, we've all tried before and didn't make it and had mistakes and that kind of thing, but. Sir Edmund Hillary looked at the mountain, Mount Everest. You know what's amazing? I think every great principle of success you can find in the Bible. You know, in the Bible, it talks about speaking to your mountain. And that's what Sir Edmund Hillary did. He spoke to the mountain. He went to Mount Everest and he looked at Mount Everest. And this is what he said. He said, I will come again and conquer you. Because as a mountain, you can't grow. But as a human, I can. I thought that was a pretty powerful statement. When I started thinking about it, you know, God has given us as humans the ability to grow, to learn, to understand that there may be something. Let me ask you this question. How many would like to be doing better than you're doing right now? Okay. If you're not doing as well as you'd like to be doing, it just means there's something you don't know. When I heard that, I went from being a know-it-all to being a learn-it-all. You heard that on that, that little video. I, I just, there's something I didn't know. And I began to study and began to get into God's Word. And I found there was a couple things that if I wanted to make my life better than it is right now, that there was just a couple of things in there that, that I couldn't do without. Now, I grew up in the 80s. And uh, in the 80s, we had these superheroes called the Wonder Twins. 
Anybody remember the Wonder Twins? Anybody remember Wonder Twin Powers? Activate. And so I started looking, and, and I, I, there they are. There's the Wonder Twins. And I found, you know, there's two things. I think if you can put these two things together, uh, what God could do in your life and through your life would be remarkable. And so I want to talk to you about those two things today. And so if you got a pen or something, just, just write these couple things down, help you remember your phone, whatever, whatever works. But I think they'll be real important and real powerful in helping us. And they're found in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 52. And, and here's, what the, here's what the scripture says. And Jesus, I like that scripture already when it starts talking about Jesus, because anything Jesus is doing, I want to do. I mean, that's what, that's what we're trying to do, trying to be like him. He's our example. And so the first thing he did was he increased. Now, if Jesus is increasing, obviously we want to increase. And that's, I mean, how many like to be happier than you are right now? How many like to have, uh, be healthier than you are right now? How many like to have more peace of mind than you have right now? More love in your home than you have right now? How many like to have more money than you have right now? Look at all you selfish people. <laughs> now, the desire for more it's not a wrong desire. It's not an evil desire. It's, it's a God desire. The first command God gave humans, be fruitful and multiply. Multiply means to increase. So the first thing God said is, I want you to be more than you are right now. And so how do I, you say, well, I don't know about the money part. I mean, that, that sounds kind of, you know, money's the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the Bible says, is it? It says the, the love of money, right? Money is the root of good vacations. I said the other day, I said, someone said, you know, Dave, money's not the key to happiness. I'm like, that's true. But if you've got enough money, maybe get a key made. <laughs> Here's the thing. Money's not even supposed to make you happy. We, we can read the Bible and find out that. The Bible said in God's presence is where you find joy. Right. has nothing to do with money. All money is is a tool. Yeah. What you do with it makes it good or evil. But money itself is just a tool. It's like a hammer. I don't have a good hammer, bad hammer. I got a hammer. What I do with the hammer makes it good or evil. I can take a hammer. I can build a, home, a, a, a church to worship God in. Did something great with that hammer. Same exact hammer I could hit someone with and kill them, hurt them. So the same tool I choose whether to use it for good or whether to use it for evil. So my resources, I can use it to build God's house or I can use it for my own selfish gain. It's really up to me what I choose to do with it. So it's not the money itself is evil, it's what I do with it. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing? Pastor goes, hey, we got an opportunity. We're growing, we're gonna build a new building over here. We're gonna do this. We, it's gonna cost us, I'm just gonna make up a number. We, we need to raise $2 million. How many like to be able to go, hey, uh, Pastor, put me down for 100,000. Yeah. There you go. How many like, yeah. like to be, it's not a pledge, I'm just asking right now. <laughs> People all nervous, like, is this an offering? What's he doing? <laughs> I heard about a church, got a phone call, and the receptionist answered the phone. And the guy said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. This is, excuse me, are you talking about our pastor? He said, yep, that's what I'm talking about, head hog at the trough. She goes, that's rude. That's our pastor. We love him. We respect him. We, can I help you with something? And he said, yeah, I heard about the new building you guys were building. I just wanted to make a $100,000 donation. The receptionist said, well, hold on. Let me see if Porky's in. <laughs> the more blessed you are, the more blessed you are, the greater blessing you can be. And so when you start looking for ways to be, be a, a blessing, so Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Those wonder twins, I want to talk about wisdom and favor. Number one, let's talk about wisdom for a few minutes. Wisdom, the Bible says, is the principal thing. 
If you want tomorrow to be different than today, you've got to learn something today in order to make tomorrow different. See, if you go into tomorrow with the same information you have today, you won't have a tomorrow, you just have a longer today. The difference between where you are and where you want to be is what you know. How many like to be doing better than you're doing right now? Okay, it just, if you're not doing as well as you'd like to be doing, it means there's something you don't know. And so I begin to get hungry for information, for wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter one that a wise person would increase in learning. So the first thing the Bible says, if you're smart, you'll keep getting smarter. Proverbs two says that the Lord would grant you a spirit of wisdom. Proverbs three says wisdom is more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more precious than rubies. Starts telling us how valuable wisdom is. Proverbs four goes on to say, hey, whatever you do, get wisdom. Wisdom will promote you. Wisdom will protect you. I always thought God would protect me. Bible says wisdom protects me. Ever thought about that? How how in the world does wisdom protect you? Uh, Let me ask you this. How many, uh, if you drove to church today, how many locked your car out in the parking lot? See, if you locked your car. Oh, why'd you lock your car? Don't you trust God? <laughs> of course you trust God. You just don't trust the people that might get in your car. So God gave you wisdom to protect you. Lock your car, protects it. Yeah, wisdom is, is, the, is the principle. I try, like I said, I try to learn something every day. I want tomorrow to be different today. What am I going to learn today? Yeah, sometimes it's little things. That some, but if I, I learned the other day, you know if your airbag deploys on your car, it costs $500 to put it back. I didn't know that. I mean, not like big, great revelation, just something I didn't know. I learned something new. Because the guy was explaining, I was looking at this car, and the guy was explaining to me one of the benefits of this car was the passenger side could turn off. Because, you know, if no one's with you and you get an accident, that thing deploys, you still pay 500 bucks. So that was the benefit. I could turn it off. And then that made me start thinking about the people who were riding with me. <laughs> like, that's 500 bucks. You know, you got like, I don't know, decisions. Uh, anyway... I had a little accident the other day. I said, honey, don't worry. I'm okay. My airbag deployed. <laughs> Sorry about your mom. <laughs> uh, anyway, decisions. Um, kidding. I love my mother-in-law. She's awesome. Uh, a couple of Christmases ago, I got her a cemetery plot for Christmas. <laughs> my mother-in-law. Anyway, I didn't get her anything last year. She was all mad at me. You, know, you didn't give me anything for Christmas this year. I'm like, you didn't even use... What I got you, just say, you know, and you get someone a gift, you know. So, so wisdom, the Bible says, is the principal thing. It says wisdom will promote you. Think about that. How does wisdom promote you? And here's what I love about wisdom. There's wisdom for every area of your life. There's wisdom for your health. There's wisdom for your finances. There's wisdom for your relationships. Every area of life, you can find wisdom. I have found this. The more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. A lot of people just waiting for a miracle. When if they'd have had some wisdom, they'd have never ended up in the position they were in. Now, I believe in miracles. I thank God for miracles. But how many have ever made this statement? Man, if I knew back then what I know now. That's what I'm talking about. If I'd have had the wisdom then, the Bible even talks about it in Ecclesiastes. Getting wisdom is like sharpening your axe. You ever try to cut something with a dull knife? That's a lot of work. You just keep working at it. But if you took just a little bit of time, sharpened your knife, all of a sudden, man, that would have been so much easier. And the Bible says getting wisdom is like sharpening your axe. just makes life a whole lot easier. Abraham Lincoln said, give me six hours to chop down a tree. I'd spend four hours sharpening my axe. Just being prepared. Because no matter what area of life, relationships. How many married people are in here? Married people. Okay, good. A lot of married people. Uh, how many single people? Any single people? 
Some single people? Okay, got some single people. And here's the thing, whether you're married or whether you're single, there's wisdom, there's wisdom to help you. Relationship, married people, how many married people, you and your spouse are totally different? Most married people. My wife and I, night and day different. I mean, she's from New York, I'm from Mississippi. Different. She's a northerner, I'm a southerner. Different. Uh, she grew up wealthy, we grew up poor. We thought you're supposed to be poor because poor people go to heaven. <laughs> That's what they told us growing up. We did everything we could to stay broke. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad used to tell us if the ice cream truck was playing music, that meant they were out. Bad, man. We'd, we'd, we'd go to KFC, lick other people's fingers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's poor. But uh, so we had to learn how to work. We needed wisdom for our relationship, make that thing work. So there's wisdom for that. I mean, there's wisdom. If you're single, I mean, there's, there's even good pickup lines in the Bible if you need them. Yeah. So the Bible's got everything you need. Like, like the other day, I was reading the book of Numbers, and I realized I don't have yours. <laughs> Christian pickup lines, right there. Yeah. Like, hey, girl, I think you got one of my ribs. Okay, anyway, there's just all kinds of stuff. So everything you need, there's wisdom for every area of life. And, and I, I did a study of great achievers. How, how many want to be great, by the way? How many like to be great? You want to be great? I mean, God wants you to be great. He created you in his image, and we serve a pretty great God. So I want to be a great dad, great husband, great business person, great speaker, whatever it is, great lawyer, mechanic, whatever you do, you want to be great at it. And so I started studying great achievers, and I found there were some common traits in their life. I found 12 common traits in great achievers. What's amazing, I found every one of them in the Bible. Tonight, that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, and, and tonight's not for everybody. How many want this year to be better than last year? Yeah. Let me see your hand. Okay, you're the only ones that should come back tonight. Uh, it's, it's 90 minutes, a 90-minute investment in yourself. I mean, if you don't think you're worth 90 minutes, then, you know, Anyway, if you do, I'd come back tonight, and we're going to get into some of these traits, and I'll show you where Jim Carrey, the actor, he used one of these traits that I talk about uh, to build a, uh, build a great acting career, but I traced it back. Abraham, in the Bible, used it first. It was in there for us. I mean, every one of these great, these traits are in there for us, and so uh, we're going to get into some of that tonight. I'm going to teach you a little bit from the book, 12 Traits of the Greats, at uh, 6 o'clock. So rearrange your plans, change your schedule, come back out. And I promise you, it's going to be some great principles. I learned a long time ago, there's a big difference between the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. The person of Jesus prepares you for heaven. The principles of Jesus prepare you for earth. There are ungodly people who will use godly principles from the Bible to achieve ungodly results. While the church, a lot of times, we don't know the principles or ignore the principles and wonder why we struggle. And so I'm going to help you get some of those principles down tonight. But again, it's just wisdom. How do you get wisdom? Three ways you can get it. Number one, you can get it from mistakes, which is the slowest way to get it. Number two, you can get it from mentors. It's a little bit quicker. Learn from someone else's mistakes. That's called mentorship. If I can learn from your mistakes, it'll save me from making the same ones. I, I, they say there's no shortcut to success. I don't believe that. I, I called one of my mentors the other day. I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? He said, oh, I wouldn't do that if I was you. I said, why not? I think it's a great idea. He said, yes, yeah, so did I. He'd already done it, found out it didn't work, just saved me three months of work, $40,000 of investment, because he'd already done what I was planning to do. So if I could get wisdom, the third way to get wisdom is money. You can buy it. That's the quickest way to get it, by the way. Go to, go to the bookstore, buy a book. What took a man his entire lifetime to figure out, you can learn in three hours for 20 bucks. You'd be crazy not to buy books. 
I mean, plus the Bible says wisdom is more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more precious than rubies. And so I, I was at a meeting one time with this guy, Peter J. Daniels. He's a wealthy businessman from Australia and went to a seminar. It cost me about $3,000 to go to a seminar. But he's doing better than I'm doing, so obviously he knows something I don't know. So I'm there, and I'm taking notes as fast as I can. And at the end, he goes, I've got some books and CDs. Make yourself available to those. And so as soon as it was over, I ran back to his table. I said, I want everything he's got. They said, you want everything? I said, everything. He knows something I don't know. I'm going to find out what it is. They added it up. They said, if you buy everything back here, it will be about $1,600. And I thought, I, 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 I had no idea he knew that much stuff. That was way more than I was expecting. And, I, and I, my friend said, you're not going to get it, are you? I said, you know, I think I am going to get it. He said, you think it's worth it? I said, you know what? I think I'm worth it. So I don't buy a book because I think the paper's worth it. I buy it because I think I'm worth it. I mean, if I don't think I'm worth the investment, 20 bucks, why would anybody else think I'm worth it? I, you go to my house, I got 4,000 books. I can't get enough books. There's too much stuff I don't know. I got DVDs and CDs. I just, I just, I got it. I got to get it. I need information. And so when you begin to understand how valuable the difference between where you are and where you want to be is what you know, it really makes all the difference in, in the world. So I, I bought it all. Like I said, it, it's how you see yourself. Three ways you can see yourself. Tonight also, we'll talk a little bit about our mindset. How many would admit at some point in your life you've limited yourself by your own thinking? Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight because if we can change our thinking, we can change our, our life. We can change the way we see things. And so the greats have a, a different kind of mindset, a, a different kind of, uh, of belief. And so we'll get into some of that tonight. How many have ever made a bad decision? How many like to make right decisions all the time? Talk about that a little bit tonight. It's going to be, it's going to be good. I promise you, you, you you'll think it's worth it um, to, to come back tonight. But three ways you can see yourself. You can see yourself the way other people see you, which may be good, may not be good. I don't know what other people think about you is really none of your business anyway. Some people go through their whole life worrying about what everyone else thinks about them all the time. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So quit worrying about what everyone else thinks all the time. How you see yourself is important. You want to have a good self-confidence. But again, we've all had people say things to us, do things to us. It could affect our own self-esteem. I mean, I can go back all the way to high school. I remember one time a girl broke up with me. I'm breaking up with you. You got low self-esteem. It's like, great, that helped. (laughs) Another time in high school, this girl called me. She goes, hey, come over to my house. Nobody's home. I went over there, nobody's home. (laughs) That's hurtful. You know, that's damaging to your self-esteem. It's just, it's not funny. Uh, The the third, the third way to see yourself, third way to see yourself is to see yourself how God sees you, to have a Godfidence, not just a confidence, but a Godfidence, not not just knowing who you are, but knowing whose you are. When you know who you are in Christ, man, it makes all the difference in the world. You walk different, you talk different, you think different. And so anyway, we'll get into some of that good stuff tonight. But uh, uh, wisdom, I love what Jim Rohn, he's one of my favorite. And when I, when I think about wisdom, like I said, we can go all throughout Proverbs talking about how valuable it is to get wisdom. How many of you got some areas of your life right now where you'd say, man, God, I could use some wisdom in that area? Some decisions maybe you're trying to make, some things. How do you get that kind of wisdom and understanding? Like I said, the more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. That's why I just keep learning. I keep learning. There's something I don't, I don't know. Jim Rohn said this. I love this quote. The greatest investment you'll ever make is the investment you make in yourself. Learning, growing. And that's why I create, this is, that's my passion, creating resources. And, and I'll tell you, be able to get into them a little bit more tonight. But let me just mention, if you want to grab it this morning, as I didn't bring enough for everybody. But um, 
There's always a few people that are into wisdom. But I just brought a couple things. I brought one book. Uh, we've got a few, but I, I brought this one. Um, I wrote this book a couple, uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, there's a guy, I do a lot of work with the NBA and different things like that. There's a player named uh, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant set the record for the most missed shots in the history of the NBA. I'd like to have that record. What's amazing is seven days after he set the record for the most missed shots, he passed up Michael Jordan for the most points scored during his career. They said, how did you do it? He said, oh, I just took another shot. And I thought in life, how many times do we miss it? All the greats have a whole list of failures, but they just took another shot. They didn't quit. You can't let the fear of failure or the fear of criticism keep you from trying again. And so I wrote this book, uh, and it, it's just called Another Shot. And uh, it, it's a, it, it's a, I put a coaching program with it. But if you can only get one thing, get this book, uh, Another Shot. I promise you it'll help you. Three things I love about the book. Number one, it'll help you. I promise you if you get it. it last year was the number one book in personal growth, self-development. Uh, and I, I promise you it'll help you. The second thing, if you get it, it'll help me. Um, <laughs> Just going just gonna to be honest, because uh, we want to have a win-win relationship. Um, but, but the third thing I love about the book is if you buy it, every time you buy a copy, we give a copy to an inmate. Someone in the prison system gets a copy of this book every time you buy a copy. And, uh, and so I encourage you to pick up a copy. They're just $20. And today I did a second one. If you get a second one, uh, you can get it for $10. So for $30, you can get two books. There's always, you know, someone who could really use some encouragement, really use a, a plan of how to uh, maybe going through some setbacks or things in life. And I encourage you, just grab another one, be a blessing to someone else. There's something great about giving, and this just gives you an opportunity to give. So one of them's 22 is, uh, is 30. So um, say thank you. At least, be, at least be thankful. It's a good deal. Um, anyway, they're back there at, at the table. I'll, I'll be back there. I'd love to meet you and sign them. I, I'm going to give you this quote Evander Holyfield said. It's on the back of the book here. And I mention this because I want you to um, know this quote, not just because I just want to drop a name. Evander Holyfield knows me. Um, <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. I'm just telling you what the five-time heavyweight champion of the world said about my book. And um, if one thing, listen, I don't, I'm not a name dropper. If one thing I've learned from spending time with Oprah is that, um, is that you shouldn't drop names. But uh, uh, he said, it's not getting knocked down that makes you lose the fight. It's not getting back up. Uh, we've all gotten knocked down. We've all made mistakes, but you get back up, you get back in there. Anyway, that's what, that's what that one's all about. And I encourage you to get that. Then I got one other thing. This is brand new and I'll, I'll get into this tonight, but uh, this is called success made simple. It's a brand new thing. And what we did is I took, uh, we had these big boxes when we're, when we're out about 50% of what I do is in the corporate arena. And we developed these coaching programs to really help people. So we'll write a book of traits of the greats. I developed a 90 day coaching program that goes with it. So Instead of just reading the book, I become your coach through those 90 days. And there's a workbook. How many remember better when you write stuff down? There's a workbook in there. There's 12 videos. So every week for the, for the 90 days, for the 12 weeks, you'll watch a coaching video. Me and you will go through it. Uh, because I think, I think um, you need a coach because you need someone to ask you questions. And when you, you can, a lot of times you can answer your own questions and you can find out where you need to go. And so through those, those videos, I help you ask, your, I ask you some questions to help you get in the right direction. Then I help you develop a map. I took the book Another Shot and uh, we developed a game plan. What this is has all three of the coaching programs. It's a 90 day program, a 30, it's six months of coaching in these. What these are are little USB drives. They just pop out, stick in your computer. And when you stick it in your computer, you get the, the book 
Uh, you get the ebook, you get the audio book, me reading the book, you get the workbook, all the videos. On this one, we help you develop a plan because a lot of times you, people ask me, what's the most important thing I can know? I think the most important thing you can know is what to do next. You can go over here to the airport. There's planes flying all over the world, but until you decide where you want to go, you're still going to be at the airport. You can't leave where you're at until you decide where you'd rather be. A ship never picks up its anchor until it has a destination. A lot of people just go through life not knowing what's next. I'll help you. When you finish this 30 days with me, and I got a, on this one, I got a few friends. I think this is the best thing we've ever done. It's, it's the newest one, too. But um, I, um, Lee Cockrell ran Disney World for 13 years. All the four parks, two water parks, 18 resorts, 200 and something restaurants, 70,000 employees all under him. I figure he knows a little bit of something about decision-making. So I asked him, I said, join me one day. And if you tried to hire him, it'd cost you tens of thousands of dollars. And, uh, and he joins me one day and gives you some ideas, some things on decision-making. So he becomes your guest coach. So me and him will help you that day on decision-making. One day uh, we talk about attitude. And I, I asked Joel Osteen to be on with me. And let's talk about our attitude. And because yeah, I'm just he's trying to help him get his name out there and just trying to be a friend. And, uh, and he is just so grateful. He said, Dave, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, anyway, um, so Joel's on here with me one day. We get, just got some great friends throughout the, the 30 days that will help you. And you'll end this 30-day program with an actual written plan of what to do next. The Bible says write the vision, make it plain. So you have a written plan. And then favor, which we're going to talk about here for just a minute. This is a 40-day, I promise you, your life will never be the same. The whole thing's worth it just for this. When you understand God's favor in your life, this is a 40-day program. I'll join you every day for 40 days and on this one. So it's six months of coaching, and I'm giving you all three. If you bought it in the big boxes with the books and all the DVDs, you'd take you a bunch of stuff. I put it all in here in one thing. So you can get the whole uh, little thing, make it simple, all on USBs, and, uh, and you can get it for the price of one. So you get one coaching program for the price, or you get three for the price of one. This is three in one. It's kind of like the Trinity. Anyway, um, just kidding. So anyway, that's back there. And for $300, you can get, it's like $900 worth of coaching programs. Say thank you. Okay. Uh, and and when, you do, when you buy these, not only are you going to invest in yourself, we have a missions project in, in India called Vision Rescue, where we supply buses into the, every day we take these buses into the dumps. We have about, uh, and into the slums. We have about 10 buses now. They go in, they get these kids. We feed the kids. We teach the kids education. And we uh, tell them about Jesus. So they get all three things, body, soul, and spirit. We're able to really minister to those kids. And when you do these, uh, it really helps us to be able to do that. So when you do resources, all that goes to helping with our missions projects around the world. So thank you for that. Let me give you the second thing in the, the second twin in the wisdom. Number one was wisdom. Number two, favor. Wisdom and favor. We saw that scripture, Jesus increased in wisdom and Jesus increased in favor. Now, if Jesus is having to increase in favor, obviously I need to increase in favor. Hopefully tonight I can get into this a little bit more, but one thing about favor I want you to recognize and understand is, is this. Whatever you recognize, you become thankful for. Whatever you're thankful for increases in your life. Whatever you recognize, you'll become thankful for. Whatever you're thankful for. Now, here's what favor can do. How many would say, you know, Dave, there's some areas in my life where I could use some favor right now. I could use God's favor to show up. Could be on your job, could be in your health. You know, the Bible said Sarah was barren in her womb, couldn't produce a child, but God showed her favor and she had a baby. Favor changed her medical report. 
You could have cancer today. God show you favor be gone tomorrow. Favor can restore relationships. Favor is one of the greatest things you'll ever receive from God. I mean, you'll find a lot of times in life doesn't take a lot of people liking you. It just takes the right people liking you. Just one moment of God's favor could change everything. So I've learned as I recognize God's favor in the little things every day, little things that God does and is involved in my life, I see it begin to increase into the bigger things. So what do you mean by the little things? You ever gone to the grocery store, person in front of you has a cart full of stuff. You got like one thing. They're like, oh, you just got one thing. Go ahead. You can go in front of me. Thank you, Lord, for favor. Really? You think God cares about that? You ever been to the restaurant? Hey, it's going to be a 30-minute wait. They give you that little pager. Like five minutes, your pager goes off. They go, oh, your table's ready. Go ahead. We're going to take, oh, I guess someone just left early. Nope. Thank you, Lord, for favor. Whatever you recognize, you become thankful for. Whatever you're thankful for increases. Now, thankfulness, you think about that. My goodness, um, the Bible says in everything, give thanks. So how could you be thankful too much? How could you give God too much thanks? See, you think God cares about all that? My little boy was at the arcade, and he was winning tickets, you know, at Dave & Buster's. He'd won about 300 tickets playing video games, and so we were going to trade them in. You know, you can get prizes, and he'd got 300 tickets, so we are getting ready to go to the little uh, thing to trade the tickets in because for 300 tickets you you could get a uh, spider ring (laughs) so all of a sudden this guy walks up and says I'm not going to use these if you want them and hands my son this big stack of tickets it's over a thousand tickets Solomon looked at those tickets he looked at me he goes dad favor (laughs) I said yes whatever you recognize you become thankful for Thankfulness is that pivotal place between recognizing and seeing more. How many like to have more of God's favor on your life? Him shining his face, you go in for that sale. You, three people applying for the same thing, you get it. Why? His face was shining on you. His favor on your job, uh, your real estate deal, whatever, whatever it may be. God's looking his face. When you begin to understand. So I started looking for ways. In that book I wrote on favor, I give you seven ways to increase your favor. If Jesus was increasing in favor, we read that earlier, Luke 2.52, then obviously I could increase my favor. And how do I do it? I started looking for those ways uh, to, to do it because whatever I recognize, become thankful for. And as I travel around the world, one of the first things I learned at every country, I try to learn the word thank you. It's amazing what a little thank you can do. I mean, it just opens a door, builds a bridge. Just when you, oh, you know, we were in um, uh, France recently. Merci. Merci. I learned how to say thank you. We were in Indonesia a couple months ago. In Indonesia, it's teramakasi. Teramakasi is thank you. First three days, I was all mixed up. I kept saying teramasu. Uh, <laughs> they kept bringing me dessert. I gained like five pounds on that trip. My wife told me, she said, don't worry, honey. You, you got the body of a god. So like, thank you, man. She said, like, yeah, Buddha. Buddha. <laughs> anyway, um, but thankfulness, if you're in South America, gracias. You know, some parts around here, gracias. Uh, it's, it's amazing what a little thank you can do. I can open up a heart, open up a door, build a bridge. So thankfulness, Bible says, in everything, give thanks. And see more of God's favor. I'll show you an example of how this, this works. I mean, all the time, we, we live in a constant, every day, in that book, I give you a little declaration. Every day I get up in the morning, Father, I thank you for favor today. I thank you the favor goes before me, whether it's a parking spot at the mall or whatever it may be. My little boy and I went to a Diamondbacks game this last season, first, second game of the season. And uh, we got to the game, there, there was our seats. 
we were on the third level up there. Not a, that's a pretty cool view. But uh, we saw some seats right down in the front by the, like right next, you know, to the, the batting cage and the home plate. I'm like, man, that'd be awesome. That'd be some favor if we could sit down there. And I, I, we were way up there looking and, and looked really awesome. But I, uh, we just said, man, God, we need some favor. And it was funny because just literally half an inning later, second inning, this guy taps me on the shoulder. He says, hi, I'm Steve from the Diamondbacks. The owner of the Diamondbacks happens to be here tonight. And he told me to go up here in the third level and find some people. He had a couple extra seats down with him. And he said, why don't you find a couple people that'd like to sit with me? I saw your little boy and wondered if you'd like to come on down. And so they took us. Well, yeah, that's where we ended up sitting right there. That's not a bad seat. And so we sat there. The owner took my little boy in the dugout, had the pitcher sign a ball for him. I mean, this was amazing. Who would have thought? And that's the owner there. That's Jeff. And uh, Jeff and I, now we're, uh, believe me, we became friends. And uh, I just had, I had lunch with him last week. He's like, anytime you need these seats, you just let me know. And I just, I just went to a game. People say, oh, well, you know, you're a preacher, stuff like that. They didn't know I was a preacher. I just going to a game, sitting up third level. They picked out of all those people. Why? God's favor. His face was shining on me. You think my little boy's ever going to forget that game? No. Why? Well, I think God just does things for just to, he, he just wants us to know he's there. He cares. He wants the rest of your life to be the best of your life. And so understand these two, wisdom and favor. They're the two powerful keys right there to a life of good success. The Bible says in Joshua 1 verse 8 that if you meditate on the word, the Bible, do what the Bible said. Don't just hear it, but actually do it. Um, he said, do it, listen to it day and night. Observe what it says. That means all the time I can look, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at home, wherever. If I do it, he said, he'll make my way prosperous and I'll have good success. Say good success. And good success is God's success. So wisdom and favor puts us in a place to make the rest of our life the best of our life. One more time, if you, if you believe your life could get better, say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. If you love Jesus, let me see your hand. And you'll be back tonight at six. Okay, great, awesome. Can't wait to see all of you there. We're going to have a great time. Listen, really, if you can, how many got at least one thing today that helped you a little bit, that encouraged you a little bit? And, and uh, like I said, we'll get into a lot more of that tonight. So if you can, change your plans. Invest in yourself. That's what it is. It's an investment in you to come back for 90 minutes. And, and that's one of the greatest investments you can make is an investment in yourself. We'll get into that uh, uh, tonight. And then I'll be back in a few minutes. Love to uh, sign your book, say hello to you. Hopefully you'll invest in you and get some resources that will help you grow and and uh, long after we're here, you know, 30, 40 minutes here this morning together, but that gives us six months to really get into it. But here's the thing, more important than all the wisdom, all the favor and all the blessing, more important than any of that is being at peace with God. And the Bible says that God loved you so much. He loved you so much that he was willing to give his very best for you. His son, Jesus Maybe you're here and you've never received that incredible gift. It's a gift God gave just for you. Maybe you've never received that gift. Maybe you realize, Dave, there's something missing in my life. Maybe you realize today, maybe you've been here a few times, I don't know. You say, I've never began a relationship with God. I've never received that gift, his son Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you've done it in the past. And you say today, you know, Dave, God's not first place in my life. I'll tell you what, things change when you live a God first life. Putting God first in your relationship, in your life, in your finances, in every area 
When you put God first, it makes all the difference in the world. Maybe you're here and you're not living a God first life right now. Maybe you've never done it. Maybe you've allowed some other things to come before that relationship. Bow your heads with me just real quick. I'm going to look across the building just one time. When I look, I'm just going to count to three. When I count to three, if you're either one of those people, number one, you say, Dave, I've never made a decision to put God first place in my life. Or number two, you say, Dave, I've done it in the past, but today God's not where he needs to be. He's not first place, but I want him to be. I want to put him back. If you're either one of those people, never made the decision, or right now God's not first place, but you say, Dave, when I leave here today, I'm making a decision to put God back first place in my life. I'm making a decision to put God first place in my life. I just want to pray a quick prayer over your life. When I count to three, I'm going to look across the building just one time. If that's you, you're either one of those two people, just lift your hand real quick and say, Dave, when you pray that prayer, pray for me. One, two, three. Real quick, across the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, young man. Thank you, sir. Looking one more time. Anyone else before I pray this prayer? Dave, thank you, ma'am. Pray for me when you pray that prayer. Thank you, sir. Well, Father, I thank you for these hands that were lifted across the room today. Father, I thank you that you don't just give us a desire to change, but you give us the discipline to make the changes that we need to make. You don't condemn us, but you do convict us, and you Show us areas of our life and things in our heart that may not be pleasing to you. But Father, you said it's as simple as this. If we'd be willing to give it to you, you said you would take it and remove it from our life as far as the east is from the west is what you said. We can't even imagine how far that is. Basically, what you're saying is if we lifted our hand and made that decision, we just turned the page to a brand new chapter. A new day begins today. You said it's as simple as this. If we would just believe in our heart and say with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we'd be saved. Saved means we'd be safe. I want everyone in the room just to say those words with me. Say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Well, you talk about a decision that'll make the rest of your life the best of your life. If you lifted your hand and you prayed that prayer, I'll tell you what, I, we were talking about another shot. A comeback. I can't think of any greater comeback you can make than to come back right here every Sunday and begin to give yourself to God and let him implant yourself in God's house and watch how your life will flourish. And let pastors, let them begin to teach you. And I mean, the team here, they want to see you grow and be the very best you can be. And, and, uh, and, and, and so I encourage you to make that decision to do that. And I'm telling you, that'll make the rest of your life the best of your life. One more time. Like you really believe it, say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Hey, I hope to meet you back there, and I look forward to seeing you tonight, 6 o'clock. Thanks. God bless you guys.